Hands of My Podcast is a proud member of DarkCast Network, presenting the brightest of indie podcasts. Hola, my beautiful humans. This is Jasmine Castillo, and I bring stories and cases from the people of color community, bringing awareness of murdered and missing indigenous women, girls, two spirits, the LGBTQ community, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, Black Indigenous people of color. These are their stories. So, welcome to Hands Off, my podcast. April is Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month. A case that has captured my attention is the murder of Berla Rodriguez from Wichita, Kansas. In this episode, I will take a deep dive into the case, exploring Perla's life story and events leading up to her murder, the investigation and the search for her killer, the impact of her death on the community, as well as the advocacy and activism that has emerged in the response to this tragedy. Let's get started. Perla Rodriguez was born June 1, 1975 in León, Guanajuato, Mexico. Perla worked as an outreach director at Wichita Area Sexual Assault Center for six years. She supervised over nine outreach advocates. Before this, she had worked as a coordinator of program services at WASAC, where she worked for five years and was promoted to the outreach director position. Perla was a fierce advocate, but known as a sweet person. Perla worked directly with sexual assault victims, and she also worked with Kansas Coalition Against Sexual and Domestic Violence. Her daughter, Alexia Rodriguez, was currently living in Manhattan for school and was unaware of her mother's boyfriend, Travis Becker Jr. Perla had a live-in boyfriend named Travis Becker Jr. Not even her daughter knew of. During the day of November 13, 2017, which was a Monday, Perla had a live-in boyfriend, Travis Becker Jr., who was struggling with mental health, and so she decided to take him to mental health help during this time. Around 9.31 p.m. Andover, police called Wichita Police, Officer Logan Davis, after they found Rodriguez's purse in a parking lot at 215 East 13th Street in Andover. The bag contained many of Perla's items. On 10.41 p.m., the Wichita police went to her home at 2233 North Park Ridge Court but could not contact anyone, and so they left. The following morning on November 14th, before 2 a.m. that morning, Olathe Police Department called Wichita Police regarding a suspicious character call. They requested that officers contact Perla to see if she knew where her car was. A blue Hyundai Tucson, bearing Kansas license plate, a tag that was registered to Travis Becker, with the same address of 2233 North Parkridge Court. Officer Soto of Wichita Police then attempted to call Rodriguez after finding her phone number in public directory, but Officer Clausius an officer with Olathe Kansas Police Department answered and said that they had contact with Travis Becker Jr. They, the officers, also observed that what appeared to be fresh scratches on Travis's face and a cut on his hand 
The document states that Olathe Police stated Travis was in possession of a 1998 Honda Accord, which is registered to Perla Rodriguez. Olathe Police also located a cell phone, wallet, credit card, and identification belonging to Perla. The wallet had blood on it. After this information, Wichita officers found the body of Perla at home. After they forced entry into 2200 block of North Park Ridge and 21st and 119th streets on the city's northwest side, Perla was lying on the floor of the primary bedroom by the bathtub and next to the sink with multiple traumatic injuries to her head and throat. Then she was pronounced dead by the medical response team called after the forced entry at 3.57 a.m. Officers observed a wooden handle shovel inside the master bedroom in plain view. The blade of the shovel was covered with blood. Announced later in the news, Lieutenant Todd O'Hill said Rodriguez died of blunt force trauma. They also revealed that she was the outreach director at the Wichita Area Sexual Assault Center. Olathe police found and arrested Becker for possession of marijuana later in Olathe because Becker's sister called in and said he had acted strange. After the Miranda rights, Becker was asked, when did he last see Rodriguez? By Officer Perez, quote, Travis said that he last saw Perla on November 10, 2017 in Wichita and that she had gone to Mexico to help her parents. He later changed the timing and said he last saw Perla on Monday, November 13, 2017. He said they went to see his doctor at Prairie View together and the meeting did not go well. He believed the people in the next room were laughing at him, end quote. Perez took Becker to the Olathe Police Department and without being asked while processing paperwork, Becker told him this. He, quote unquote, drove 3,000 miles per hour in the Honda to get to Olathe to go to his sister's house because he wanted to tell his sister that he had killed Rodriguez and that he had the ashes of his deceased son. Becker said his sister had Rodriguez help kill the boy, quote, as he was a congenital heart defect baby and he had so many surgeries, end quote. Becker told the officer that his deceased nephew watched him kill Rodriguez by hitting her in the head. So the Wichita investigators traveled there to interview him. At the time of Berla's autopsy, Rodriguez had a daughter who had to help identify her mother by giving police a statement of her mother's tattoos at the base of her neck in the middle of her upper back and ankle. Dr. Gorel determined the cause of death to be blunt force trauma to the head and the manner of the death to be a homicide. On November 16, 2017, news of the murder spreads and people that knew her were shocked. So between the times of November 14th and 15th, Travis Becker Jr., Rodriguez's boyfriend, was transported back to Wichita, Kansas. Sedgwick County jail records show he was held without bail Wednesday morning on first-degree murder. Later, he remained jailed with a $250,000 bond. On December 6th, a court document was filed on this date, but later released by the news explains the case in detail. 
On this evening of December 6th, Becker's sister states the news to help clarify. She did have a son named Terry Becker who died on February 10th, 2014 from congenital heart defect complications and the hospital did a complete autopsy. Terry Becker's ashes have always been in her possession and never with her brother. Quote, I had no contact with my brother that night or for over a year previous to this incident. The police were called by us about a suspicious character before we even knew it was my brother. She says, I do not condone his behavior, nor would I have aided him. I never knew Perla. My deepest sympathies go out to her daughter, family, and friends, end quote. On November 16, 2018, Becker waived his right to trial and entered a plea for first-degree murder and aggravated kidnapping. This charge means that Becker will be eligible for parole at 25 years instead of 50, at the first charge would have demanded. January 2, 2019, Travis Becker Jr. was sentenced to 35 years in prison before he was eligible for parole by Judge Kevin O'Connor. Becker had a public defender who was Jason Smart. The charge was first-degree murder of Perla Rodriguez. He was also served a consecutive 186-month sentence for aggravated kidnapping. Now, this is the only article that says he was sentenced to 35 years in prison. The other articles state that it was 25 to life, along with 15 and a half for battery and kidnapping. Becker spoke of his remorse and regret for taking another life and expressed deep sorrow for the pain he had caused Rodriguez's family and friends. He also asked for forgiveness from those who were affected by his actions, but acknowledged that it would be hard to come by given what he had done. Quote, I would like to tell the family I'm sorry that I killed her. I killed Perla. I would trade places with her in a heartbeat. End quote said Becker. Family and friends filled the courtroom to explain why Becker needed maximum time. Here's a quote from Alexia Rodriguez. We all miss her every day. We will always celebrate her memory. She was a strong woman who never gave up on those she loved. The only comfort I find while she's no longer here is the love and impact she left for so many people even though she barely knew. The sentencing marks an end to a tragic case that has left many people shaken and questioning how something like this could happen in their community. While justice has been served in this case, it will never bring back Berla Rodriguez or heal the wounds inflicted upon her loved ones by Becker's heinous act. On November 21st of 2017, Rosary for Rodriguez was held at 9.30 a.m. with a funeral service at 10 at St. Elizabeth and Seren, a private family and close friend burial at Reservation Cemetery in Wichita, Kansas, the same day. A quote taken from Perla's work website. WASAC staff and board are saddened by the loss of our co-worker and friend Perla Rodriguez, Perla was a critical member of our team providing guidance for the education and outreach we do in our community. We miss her terribly. Our love and support go out to those who knew her and especially to her family. We have reached out to our staff during this difficult time with thoughts of care and compassion. 
your support means so much to us and further demonstrates how much Perla meant to WASAC and our community, end quote. On April 2018, Perla was given an award posthumously, Visionary Voice Award by the National Sexual Violence Resource Center for Sexual Violence Prevention. The case of Perla Rodriguez highlights the issue of domestic violence and the need for stronger legal protections for victims. Domestic violence is a pervasive problem in our society and affects millions of women and men each year. It is a complex issue that is often kept hidden from public view, making it difficult to address. It is important that we continue to raise awareness about the issue of domestic violence and work towards providing support and resources for victims. We must also hold perpetrators accountable for their actions and ensure that justice is served for victims like Perla Rodriguez. If you or anyone you know is a victim of domestic violence, please reach out for help. Together, we can make a difference. If someone, if you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, please contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE-7233 or visit their website www.thehotline.org. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to come back next week for our discussion of true crime stories. Until then, this is Jasmine Castillo. We are voiceless no more. This podcast was created, produced, recorded, and edited by Jasmine Castillo. Researched by Mary Weathers and Jasmine Castillo.